It's definitely point one. <laughs> it is point one. But I believe it is episode twenty five point one for Phoenix Down. I uh I started that recording. Um I'm Drew. <laughs> Sounded like a little bit of Ron Burgundy mixed in. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> but anyway, go fuck yourself. Um <laughs> Okay, too much, too much. But yeah, it's Phoenix Down. We're back. I'm going to talk about uh, Dino Crisis, finishing that uh, game up. Uh, tonight I have with me Matt. Hello. And returning guest host, Jay. I'm back, bitch. There you go. And uh, yeah, we're finishing up Dino Crisis. Capcom uh, developed survival horror, panic horror, Jurassic Park wannabe game with tank controls mm-hmm. bad voice acting the whole works and um the last time we left off we were talking about a little bit how nonsensical the game is especially with the dialogue and why did you do this and why did you not do this um and we're going to continue that trend in this episode because I've got a lot to talk about as far as why they didn't do things but um in the story we had just caught up with Dr. Kirk, the main villain. And uh, we uh, finally caught him. Gail takes him away and tells us, tells Regina, to go um, signal the helicopter uh, by calling them using the, uh, the communication device on the top of the uh, facility. Uh, actually, before I even continue, why is it that they have to use... A communications device that they have to find at the place they go to to call for help. It feels like that's like the number one thing that you would have, right? Right, like an evac point. Yeah. So they would need like a communications thing, but none of these <laughs> games ever have it. You gotta always commandeer something or find the communications tower by putting together four different types of antennae and stuff like that. <laughs> You, you guys know what I'm talking about, right? Every single game like this always yeah. does that. You got to call for help. We got no walkie-talkie, you know, except for the ones we're using right now. So, you know, <laughs> speaking of things that are odd, that's that's one. Jeez. I that's yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. So I'm skipping uh, uh, um, all the puzzles and shit that you have to do to get there, because holy shit, fuck all these puzzles. I mean, if they're you guys, hard, man. yeah, they're hard, but it, yeah, some of them are. If you want to talk about them, you can, but I'm just gonna, I'm kind of just gonna run through it and get through this story part because yeah, there's yeah. a there's a very important thing that I want to mention. <laughs> so, eventually, we make it to the communication area. I've been there before because the the fact that I was going by sent me there once, and uh, we activate the uh, satellite. So we can now talk to our antenna, whatever it is. Uh, so we can talk to our helicopter pilot, who is, I guess, just circling the island until we call him. Brad, right? Uh, no, that's that's. <laughs> no, it's not. Brad, no. <laughs> Brad Vickers. Um, but it, so we call him, and this is the the important part. Regina calls him, and says, "Hey." We've got Kirk. We need you to come pick us up for evacuation. 
immediately. And he says, all right, I'm on my way. End of conversation. How about this? Why don't you tell the helicopter pilot, there's fucking dinosaurs on this island. Actually, you if mean I were her, yeah, I, I wouldn't talk about the dinosaurs anyway. Because would you really want to go to an island filled with dinosaurs and T-Rexes? No, you, you don't want them to know that. It's, you know, you want them to come help you out. So yeah, then maybe they just bomb the whole island. Yeah, yeah strategically exactly. they have said, oh, okay, <laughs> he's going to leave us if we tell him that. Yeah. So, well, you know, maybe we could just warn him. Hey, look out for shit when you come in. We've had some heavy resistance, you know, <laughs> or something like that. They didn't warn this fucker at all that, hey, we've been fighting dinosaurs this entire time. A <laughs> well, little slip's going to come back to bite her. <laughs> well, yeah. So after that, we, we we make it back to Rick. At this point, I can't remember, but I know for a fact that we it was Rick and Dr. Kirk and Regina went to the helipad to get picked up. I have no idea where Gail was. He was not there. When the helicopter shows up, as he's getting ready to land, the T-Rex shows up, fucking bites the helicopter in half <laughs> yep. with explosions. You'd think that might hurt the thing, but no. So, and then we, we, we come to our, our, our actual fight with the T-Rex. Now, this is not the final fight, obviously, because this is only about halfway through the game, but... Um, it's mainly just running around the wreckage. Yeah, it's not much of a fight. Yeah, until Rick shows up. <laughs> Do you even hey, have to uh, attack the, the T-Rex at all? Nope. You can just you run. You don't have to, right? Okay. Oh, I didn't. I, I, just, I shot it a couple of times, but I was just like, I don't know if this is just, you know, bide my time until something happens, which is what it was. So, you know, Rick says, hey, over here, we're going we're gonna to have to go. In the scramble, we've lost Dr. Kirk. He's ran off somewhere. We can't find him. And later we run back into Gale. Apparently Gale knows all about what happened because nobody ever mentions to him, dude, the helicopter's gone. We're fucked. He just, you know, it's just like everything's back to normal. Nobody, why did we not get a scene of at least, you know, Regina even just calling him on his communicator? Hey, Helicopter crashed. We're going to have to find another way out. Or something like that. We didn't even get that. It was just business as usual. Yeah, there's not a ton of interaction in this game. It's like somebody shows up just to do something, to trigger something, and then they're gone again. Yeah. Nobody like Rick waits. and Gale, everybody, yeah. Yeah, nobody waits for you either. That's another thing that gets me. It's like, you know, all right, we need to stick together. All right, let's move forward. They move through a door. They're nowhere to be seen. I'm like, dude, won't you stick around me? There's fucking dinosaurs running around. And you have a machine gun. The, the PlayStation can't handle all those polygons, Drew. Let's moving be reasonable around, here. Yeah, moving around Try Multiple time. character models in one screen at the same time. It'll explode. Yeah, can't no. have that. I don't know. It's just uh, the, the small things in this game, Just a lot of the things just don't make sense. Just, At least in the first Resident Evil, when someone disappeared, it was like a mystery. Like, why are they gone? Where'd they go? Yeah. <laughs> Here they're gone. Like, who knows? They're just lone wolves, I guess. We don't know where Barry is. <laughs> you know, it's just something... At least explain it like that instead of them just moving 
you know, five rooms ahead and then waiting for you. How did they get past these dinosaurs? I don't know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, there was one port where I definitely ran through a door to escape a dinosaur, and then Gale runs in through that same door ten seconds later. Yeah. I'm like, um, okay. I did definitely did not kill that dinosaur, and I don't think you did either. So, I remember that scene in Resident Evil 1. When you run away from the zombie, the first one you encounter, yeah, uh, and then he comes after you through the door in a cutscene, and then I think Barry kills it yeah. or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, I, technologically speaking, it should be possible to have like a lot of like you know like multiple characters on the same screen and the enemy. I, yeah, I don't know how. Oh, actually, it's... well, this was also made on 3D background, so maybe it has. Yeah. Yeah, That's where all the extra more, polygons went. <laughs> yeah, more more resource intensive, I suppose. But yeah, I I would bet that it's something to do with the technological limitations more so than actual like planning. Right. You know, they decided to do this. No, it just this is how it's got to be because this is what we're working with. <laughs> you know, a game of its time, right? Yeah. So at this point, we have lost Kirk. We have to go find him. At least that's what Gail says. And we have to find another way out. Um, along the way, uh, Rick and Regina discover kind of like an underground lab. And in this underground lab, we find a way out. Unfortunately, that way out is blocked by a time rift. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We really don't want to touch that because if we do, we'll go back in time. So we need to find a maybe. way. Well, maybe we don't really know. We didn't. We never tried anything. All we saw was that coin disappear. Yeah. <laughs> so. Um. So we're gonna have to find a way to disable the um the machine, or or it's not on. It's that's a side effect of it. We find out through a series of notes and Kirk that you can neutralize time rifts by. <laughs> Creating a time rift and then hitting it with a vortex. At least <laughs> that's what I gathered from the conversation. Sounds plausible. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Sounds pretty scientific. So we need to turn on the third, what's it called, the third energy machine. Yep. And then create a vortex to neutralize all the third energy time rifts. Okay, now comes the part, the ultimate fetch quest of this game, and you have an option, you have two options, Um, it's one of those where you choose somebody's method. Uh, Gail's method is, is to go and find these two objects that you need, What, what are the objects, one's a stabilizer and the other one's... Like an intensifier? An intensifier, or a... I get confused with the things that you carry around. Yeah. Another one of those things where Resident Evil 1, when you're done with something, would you like to discard it? Yes, please. <laughs> they don't do that, so you just have a fuckload of stuff in your inventory, and you don't know which one to pick. So, um... We have initializer. Find... Initializer and stabilizer. That's what it is. Stabilizer, yeah. Okay. We have to find both of those in order to activate the 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 third energy uh, machine or reactor, whatever you want to call it. So there's two options. One, we can just go find those and 
Um, but in order to do that, we're going to have to trek through some stuff that's going to have a lot of dinosaurs in it. Or we can do Rick's way, because Rick is such a technical genius. He says, hey, we can actually put these together by finding the parts for it. And it's going to take a lot longer. You're going to have to solve a lot of puzzles to do this. So I went with Rick's way. Because, really? You know, I, thought, I thought you were more into the whole Gale way with the, you know, shooting the bullets and killing them dinosaurs. Yeah, until I ran out of bullets. Uh, <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. I was uh, down to grenade gun bullets. Wow. And uh, I started combining to create the, uh, the darts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I made a bunch of darts. Actually, you can create the, the, the instant death darts. Yep. Yeah. I made a few of those and used those for the dinosaurs I have never seen or heard of before. What the fuck are those things? The the dark dark looking ones with the claws, right? Yeah. They look like a miniature I don't know, I was gonna say a miniature T Rex, but then they don't have the tail. I don't know what the fuck they look like hunters from Resident Evil. Yeah, they kinda of <laughs> do look like hunters with but look like dinosaurs a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I have no idea, but they pretty much start inhabiting the entire place uh, with these new type of raptors. Uh, they have the purple in them. I think they're a little faster. Yeah. Yep. More aggressive, too. Yeah. Um, also, I don't think those other ones are real dinosaurs. In the game, they call them Theozinos. Okay. Really? And, uh, Where did you learn about their name? Just from the uh, game fact. Oh, okay. Hmm. Uh, but they call them Theozinos, and Google doesn't show me that that's a real dinosaur, at least. Okay. okay. Ten-second ten second search. They yeah. seem to only be in Dino Crisis. Gotcha. Must be an effect of the time rift. <laughs> yeah. Of course, mutant dinosaurs. Yeah, why not? We'll throw that in. So with those take over most, and they're, they're uh, more aggressive and... Take more it's hard hits. to run past. Also, yeah, yeah, they're thick. They're 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 big bodied, <laughs> so their hitbox is huge. Um, but yeah, so I I started I I decided to create the materials or, or get the materials and create the items that I needed, which took me on this oh god fetch quest from hell. <laughs> of you know for a game that's called Dino Crisis, after you kill most of the dinos. You just running around empty hallways and getting yeah. and getting fucking lost. I the enemies yeah. don't respawn in this game, I don't think, uh, unless it's triggered by a story event. Yeah. So. Yeah. Which I think you know, I think that that was a thing that they knew about because apparently the second one has a lot more action in it. It's just basically an arcade shooter. The second one. I just I don't know this. That that's what got me the last two hours, or probably yeah, the last two hours of this game was me running around corridors that were empty huh. and, and grabbing see, stuff. I was running around corridors, but they were all chock full of dinosaurs because I didn't kill any of them. Yeah, see, I, I I decided to kill most of them. I mean, I I still had a good amount of I had the grenade bullets, and then I started making a lot of the uh, the poison darts. Mm. So I should have used all my. Upgraded uh, shotgun bullets on them, all the slag ones. Yeah, but I just running past them anyways, and which led to a lot of me getting ripped to shreds and then having to restart the game because I didn't want to use all my resuscitations. Yeah. 
So, um, I'm trying to imagine. There was one other part. I only died once in this game. Um, okay, I, I should go ahead and say, since people may have not heard the first episode, which you haven't, please go listen to it. But I'm playing on easy, which means I started off with every gun with a good amount of ammo. And Regina is like a tank who can take m- multiple hits. So, um, but I did die once, and it was during that scene where the T-Rex was kind of running along the side, and you had to run to the edge of a balcony kind of deal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And go to the door. There's one part where it keeps snapping at you, and each time it's getting ready to snap at you, you have to shoot it. I I mistimed it, and it grabbed me and chewed me to bits. (laughs) I died like three times at that part, because I was using... A shotgun, and then the the little time, the the rate of fire was so slow that I would miss time one shot, and then I would basically be instantly dead the next time he lunges at me. And he did he did it pretty fast too, but yeah, but it wasn't too bad. Yeah. On medium, definitely, it does not take much for that T Rex to kill you. Yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much every hit's a one hit kill. Yeah, but I did die there, but luckily I had a resuscitation. And, but um, that's the only time I died. When, when the T-Rex is actually fully out chasing you, that is not difficult at all. That oh, is, yeah. That is mainly just... End. Yeah, just keep run. Just keep running. Yeah, they give you so much time in that one. Yeah. And they give you a big icon on the screen that says shoot. <laughs> yeah, that final fight. <laughs> kind of a joke. <laughs> it's, it was basically yeah. a quick time event without the prompt. Without, yeah. without the actual button prompts, you just kind of do the move. Yeah. Thing. But um, yeah, that's exactly see. what it was. So, uh, all right, like I said, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but um, eventually we we get, we get Kirk back. Uh, Gale gets him, and uh, Gale's like, "I'm going to hold him in this, you know, this area. I think it's like a medical bay or something like that." And he's, like, "I'm just going to keep watch on him, and you guys do what you need to do." So, after- is this where they're in the back of Kirk's office? Yeah, it's like his own little like personal. I mean that that's pretty much like your hub area, uh, while you're trying to get these the stabilizer and stuff. Um, I laughed because he's got some stupid sign on the door that says like "Don't come in" or "Leave me alone." <laughs> leave me yeah, alone. Yeah, and yeah. it it made me think of like a twelve year old kid <laughs> on like the bedroom out. door, like "Don't you yeah, keep out?" <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so um, we um. What 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 decisions did you guys go with? Uh, I went with the the Gales thing. I didn't at at that point. I was stuck at one puzzle for like thirty minutes, trying to solve a stupid puzzle on a door key. So I was like looking through. I was going back and forth looking through like little memos to see if I missed a hint or something. And it turned out that I did, and I didn't know how to solve a puzzle. So I after I did that, I was like, I don't, I don't feel like doing any more puzzles. So I decided to go with the. The Gale's option uh, to yeah, just, just find the thing. Yeah, so I'm the only one that went the long way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, this consisted of I have no idea how the other one went. Um, this consisted of me going pretty much all around this fucking area, um, going to places I've already visited, and then specifically typing in different codes. I also had to re-imprint somebody's fingerprint. 
uh, and it didn't tell me where I was supposed to do this. Like I was supposed to, apparently the woman whose throat was cut in one room was the, was the area where I was supposed to do it, but the game never even hinted at it. And I was like, okay, yeah. at this point, fuck this game. But um, I did that, uh, and you have to do this little mini game uh, in order to create the uh, the stabilizer and the initializer or whatever the hell it's called. Um, and it's basically it's a 3D model, and there's three pieces to each one. And you have to, and they, they, they begin to rotate. And you you have to rotate one piece while another piece is automatically coming down into the piece you're rotating. You have to you have to line it up just right in order for it to come into and create that piece. And then you have to rotate that part, and another piece comes in from the from the outside of the screen. And you have to you, you have to line it up correctly. If you don't do this, you have to start over from the beginning. Now, I had to do this with both the stabilizer and the initializer, or activator, whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah. Yeah, there's two things I have to do. You have to do three parts for each item. And there's not like, you've created the stabilizer. Now let's do the initializer. No, you do it all at the same time. So if you perfect the stabilizer, and you fuck up on the initializer, you got to start back with the stabilizer again. I swear to God, I did this like six times. And it's not like, oh, you get to memorize where these parts are coming in from. They come from all over, and they change at random. And I was just like, this is so stupid. Why am I even fucking doing this? Well, you, you chose to do that one because you ran out of bullets, and you didn't you didn't have enough <laughs> ammo to do the other option, I guess. But I did that. Finally got all that stuff done. And then we go back to put in the stabilizer and the initializer. And it's like fucking convoluted shit. It's like you put them both yeah. in and then the, the voice says, remember, you've got to do this. And I'm like, okay. It's, 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 it's a lot of like unskippable shit that you can't go past. And that's what pissed me off the most. And so you, eventually we turn on the fucking machine. So yeah, like, like seriously, I'm skipping a lot of this stuff because holy shit, it was like an hour of just padding on this game. I got horribly lost at this point. I spent almost 40 minutes trying to find that generator room. Yeah. Third energy generator room, like B2 or whatever. I couldn't find it. Nothing is labeled on those maps that they give you. All I see is boxes. I'm like, I know it's not a little box. I know it's a big box. But where the which one is it? Which floor is it? And uh, since I had dinosaurs everywhere, it's real hard for me to just wander around and explore. Uh, so, yeah, I got pretty screwed. I had to restart the game like three times. I died three or four times. Fuck. Uh, but that sucked because at that point, th when you go to the map, there were two doors that were flashing red. And this is where you need to go. So I went to each of those doors in succession. Both doors said... You need to start the generator first. I'm like, well, why don't you point me towards the generator then and not point me towards the door that I can't get through until the generator's on? I don't understand this. And then, like, all these other things I tried to go through, like I tried to use an elevator to get to where I thought I had to go. Like, nope, 
Can't use the elevator till you turn the generator on. I'm like, where the fuck is the generator? Yeah. <laughs> Why is this game pointing me away from the generator when that's the only thing I need to do in this game? The and the thing is, is like you you put it in different spots. So like this fucking room's huge, and there's like it looks like a command center for like the Starship Enterprise or some shit. <laughs> you know, there's chairs and bunch of like, yeah, you know, everything's turned on. Even though the generator's not running, and so it's it's just you got to figure out where to put this shit. And oh my god, I was, and even yeah. the, even the fact was like <laughs> it, it was vague on where, where you put this shit. You know, like I was yeah. I was I was almost to the point where I was like, all right, fuck it, I'm watching a video, and I, and I, I decided not to, and I finally figured it out. But seriously, that's like an hour of padding. That's all that is, is an yeah. hour of fucking bullshit. Well, consider it like the final boss of the game because the the actual T Rex isn't really a fight, right? Well, that massive, giant, pretty tedious puzzle is the final boss of Dino Crisis. And uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree that it was annoying as shit to do, but I mean it was pretty difficult and it actually challenged me. You know, not 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 always in the in the good way that where you kind of have to really think about it, but in the way that I was more confused, right? <laughs> Yeah, most but definitely at the same in time, <laughs> Yeah, but at the same time, like, uh, you know, I did get a little satisfaction when I did actually figure everything out after I got the two pieces about putting it in. And you're right about in different slots and stuff that I, I wonder about for like 10 minutes with that too. But I don't know. Like, it's just, it, it feels like maybe they thought, uh, you know, this game should be more puzzle focused than like the Resident Evil games. Maybe that's what they're going for. Uh, I don't know. <sighs> but yeah. <laughs> so we turn on the generator finally. We get the third energy machine running. And it, it sounds like it, it, it acts like it's gonna self destruct. That's you know when the rooms flash red and sirens go off, that automatically says self destruct mode, we need to leave. You know? <laughs> but apparently that's not the case. Um we're uh we're just kinda over Overpowering this thing, so it, so we can create the vortex. To they never show anything like that. It just shows the damn thing disappearing. That's all it does. It just shows the rift disappearing. It, there is no like, oh, huge vortex and this thing colliding with it. And no, it just disappears. And I was like, well, okay, now we can leave. But in this overpowering of the generator. Uh, a lot of the 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 facility kind of crumbles, you know. It's shaking and stuff like that, and we get a cutscene where <clears throat> Gail is sitting uh, in the room with Kirk, and a piece, a big chunk of the fucking ceiling falls, and it crushes Kirk. No, wait, crushes. No, Gale. Crushes no, no, Gail. Excuse me, Gail. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just. I'm getting my people mixed up. Kirk laughs. And Kirk laughs, yeah. <laughs> what an asshole. He just saved his life. And then he just laughs at his... Yeah, that's, that's messed up. And then he runs off. Regina returns to say, Hey, we, we got we got rid of the... We, we got a place to leave now. There's a hovercraft that we can use and we can get the hell out of here. Um, but uh, unfortunately, Gale is, is kind of pinned under this chunk of ceiling and is wounded very badly. We can tell because he has a scratch on his shoulder. 
and he, he and he limps now. So we help Gail. We go back to the little main computer room where uh, Rick is, and we have two more options. This is basically the ending of the game. Uh, and the, the two options we have are Gail wants to go looking for Kirk. You know, finish the mission. Mm-hmm. He's wounded very badly. He We don't know if he can make it, but he's determined to go after Kirk. Rick wants to get the fuck out. So, we have those two options. What do you want to do? I personally chose the first time around uh, to go with Rick's option. Get the hell out. Well, what happens is is that Gail's like, fuck you guys, I'm going after Kirk. Regina gut punches him and knocks him out. And we carry him to the hovercraft. That point... Uh, we have to fill up the hovercraft with fuel. Excuse me. <clears throat> I had to burp there. Uh, we we uh we have to speaking f- of fuel. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we had to uh we have to get some fuel. Uh, and while we're in the process of doing that, the T Rex shows up. Because it was never dead before. It was just no, no. Yeah. Breathing shallowly and unconscious or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I forgot to mention about that. Which was just a cutscene. It, it wasn't even fighting or anything. So, um... You, you'd think if it was knocked out and just laying there unconscious, Regina would at least pull a gun out and shoot it in the fucking head. Yeah, because she makes a point of saying that it's not dead. So, yeah. you know, double tap here. That would probably just piss it off and wake it up, and then... I don't know, I don't think that would really kill it. Unless you shove the grenade launcher in his mouth or something. <laughs> I mean... You could blind it, at least. Yeah, you could shoot yeah. it in both the eyes. I I guess, but I don't know. If I were in the situation and the T-Rex is not coming after me, I'd be like, alright, that's a pretty good situation. I don't want to mess with this good thing that I got going for me right now instead of, you know, testing your luck by trying to uh, finish off the T-Rex don't with your tiny little pebble gun. Well, I mean, but still, I mean, just because something's huge doesn't mean that you can't shoot it. That, that's my thing. I mean, you have a high-powered shotgun. If you did point-blank range to a skull, I guarantee you, you're going to have a hole in that skull. Mm, and you're going to chop up all the little pieces of brain. I don't know, Drew. And then, I don't know how effective to... a shotgun would be to a T-Rex's skull. Come on, how thick could that be? You have to shoot the tail too, because apparently they had brains in their tails. Was it was it in Jurassic Park two that they end up bringing the T Rex back with them to the city? Yep. Right? They weren't they like shooting at them like nonstop with machine guns from like every corner of the boat or some shit, and it was basically doing nothing. I mean, King Kong did that too, and he wasn't even a reptile. He well, just, King, he, no, he just King had Kong. skin. Well, King Kong died from falling from, like, ridiculous heights. I'm sure a T-Rex would, too. If a, if a T-Rex were to climb the Empire State Building, yeah, I would say, yeah, if he fell down, you would probably die. But I'm saying, you know, guns and stuff like that is not as effective as you would think. Unless it's, like, a rocket launcher or something. I think. Come on. <laughs> Let's be realistic here. We're talking about shooting dinosaurs with shotguns. We can't be realistic, Drew. <laughs> it can only be hypothetical and, I guess, kind of theory. 
theorize on whether or not it can penetrate the thick reptilian skin and skull of a creature that is like 15 times our size. I don't know. Even I if it can, up. T-Rex has soft spots, you know. The mouth was open. Yeah. And the eyeballs were there, so. Yeah. Even if you can't get through the skull, you can definitely get through the soft bits. You guys are braver than I or Regina, I guess. <laughs> if you're going to just like, let me just inch closer to this gaping mouth of a T-Rex and try to shove my shotgun in there and get a couple of shots off or something. That seems I read it I think, like eight times. The thing is not waking up. <laughs> I kept running around that because like, you have to go. I don't know, maybe it's just because I was lost so much, but <laughs> I ended up running around that T-Rex so many times. I'm like, yep, he's still down. <laughs> I, I have expected him to wake up after enough time, but uh, he didn't until, you know, the story progressed. <laughs> but, yeah. So, anyway, he's not dead. It comes back. And um, it begins to um, attack us in, in the same fashion it did at the helicopter crash. Well, with a much better camera, at least, because I could see it this time. Yeah. It's basically like you're running toward the camera most of the time. Which may sound more awkward, but it makes it feel a lot more impressive than the first time when you were running around the helicopter. Yeah. Because basically, I just never saw the T-Rex then. Yeah. I just kept running. I slowed down a little bit so it wouldn't turn around. I don't know if it... I don't think it can, but just in case it was going to turn around if I caught up to its tail, um, I would slow down and wait for it to round the corner. But that was it, and then I would just be off, and it wouldn't. I wouldn't see it again. Like this one's a lot more impressive. Like that thing's on your heels, and it's faster, a little faster. So this this thing, th- this game pulls what a lot of games do, and I'm going to reference another game as well. But um, so I've been saving my bullets and my uh, pretty much any ammunition that I had because I knew I'm going to fight the T-Rex at some time. Yeah, I saved all my grenades for this point. And guess what? They give you as many grenades as you want. <laughs> yeah. You know, Rick's like, here, take this. And you get all these this fucking ammunition just for this. So I'm like, so why the fuck did I save all that ammo when I could have been using it to kill the rest of these fuckers that have been giving me trouble? So that's yep, that. I would have had a much easier time wandering around if I had killed some of those dinosaurs. And it's the same thing that happened to me a long, long time ago. A long time ago, I used to broadcast video games a lot with my two roommates and a friend of ours. We were called Rage Quit Radio. And every Monday and every Friday, we would broadcast games for like five hours. And we had a pretty decent following at the time. And people loved it whenever we played scary games. One of those games happened to be Fatal Frame and Fatal Frame 2. Mm. Fatal Frame 2, the final boss, I was getting ready to go into the final boss. And I had a lot of people in my chat room telling, giving me pointers and stuff like that. And I was listening to them because they seemed to know what I needed to do. And for the past like hour, hour and a half, they told me, I was like, okay, I'm coming up on the boss fight. I'm going to save all my healing items. And then, when I get to the boss fight, there's a person in chat saying, oh, by the way, the boss is a one-hit kill. (laughs) Why did you make me save all my healing items if it's a one-hit kill? You know, it's it's, it's, it's the same thing. Uh, You know, you do that in every survival horror game, though. Think about how many bullets you have at the end of, like, any Resident Evil game, basically. 
You know, it's it's really hard to manage because if you if you make a resources too scarce, people can't beat it. Imagine being at the end of Dino Crisis One, right, and being at that last stretch where you gotta kill the T Rex, then not having enough grenade rounds or shotgun rounds to beat it. The game would be you can't you can't go back anymore because if you're if you didn't save a point like way earlier, then you can't go around collecting items or maybe you there's no more items to collect because you know you can't you can't there's no infinite supply of bullets that you can't buy from a store or anything, so you you'd be kind of shit out of luck. So to avoid that situation, I think they made it this way, and I understand your frustration, but I think you know as contrary to the you know other possible outcome of. People getting stuck, never to be being able to beat the boss ever. It, it is the better option of the two, this lesser of the evil, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, this is true. I just found it a little annoying. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. But um, so anyway, uh, so the the fight consists of running around this this kind of like a bunch of containers, uh, and whenever the the on screen prompt comes up, you turn, aim, and shoot grenade. I think he, I did it three times, I think. Maybe four. can't remember. Yeah, I wanted to say four-ish. And um, after that, it falls into the water. Um, and then you go back to the hovercraft. And you, Rick, and Gale um, drive off into the sunset on the hovercraft. I believe, is this one of the endings where the T-Rex runs back again for one last hurrah? Yeah, so I didn't see it fall into the water after you're done fighting it. Like, basically, I just ran into the hovercraft, and then Rick shoulders a grenade launcher, shoots it just past the T-Rex into a bunch of uh, giant, like, fuel containers, which sets off this massive explosion. Um, The T-Rex dives into the water to start chasing you. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, there's, like, some kind of third energy explosion. Yeah. And... You know, the shockwave just barely gets the T-Rex, but not you as you're speeding away. Right. You know, in typical action movie mm-hmm. fashion. And so after that, it pretty much just ends. Kirk, I guess, got sent to 4,000, 4 million BC, something like that. Really? Wait, how did you know that? I'm just guessing, because I think oh. that, that was a time shift, right? It wasn't really an explosion. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> It it basically all, all I know after that. Oh, go ahead. Oh, it basically took like it was like a space replacement or a space 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 displacement. I think is what they were calling it. What inhabited yeah. the area there uh, was basically transported to the other area, other timeline, and then the other one was brought back to this timeline. Kind of like it, they swapped places. And apparently where they had the base was built upon where there was, like, a whole bunch of dinosaurs back, like, way back, like, billions of years. Well, I guess hundreds of millions. Was it? What are billions of years? I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the uh, chronological accuracy of uh, when dinosaurs and T-Rexes roamed were. But they went yeah, back. Yeah, I think earlier they said six, 65 million. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, yeah, it's not it's not time travel, but it's kind of like displacing time in pockets i suppose yeah yeah and i mean that's pretty much it and then, and then I, there were uh, the other endings right yeah so i saw that and i was like that's kind of a crappy ending and i saved right before doing the decision so i decided to do the other decision and uh the other decision consists of 
Rick doing the whole hovercraft thing while Regina and Gail go look for Kirk. I went to go look for Kirk um, and I found him eventually. Um, and it was... Gail was standing there with Kirk. He's gravely wounded. And basically Gail comes clean with what the mission really was. And the mission was really just to gather the information and gather uh, intelligence as well as Kirk for the government so the government could use it to create their own weapons using the third energy. It wasn't about stopping this. It was about... It's always about the government trying to get the, <laughs> the, the weapons. I mean, how that happened in what? Binary Domain. Mm-hmm. So that was what it was. Kirk... Uh, we, we take Kirk. Um, unfortunately, uh, Gail succumbs to his wounds, falls over dead. Uh, we escape with Kirk, Rick, and Regina. And in pretty much the same fashion. That's that ending. And that's where I stopped playing. Because I said I don't really know how to get the other endings. I don't want to really try. So there's two other endings. Sorry, I tried to explain this to Jay. (laughs) Let's see if I can (laughs) explain it again. The other ending is you... Choosing to go find Kirk with Gale. But instead of going into the room where Gale and Kirk are, first go to a room where there is an emergency helicopter. Find the emergency helicopter, then go into the room where Gale and Kirk are. And Regina basically says, Hey, I found a helicopter. We can escape faster with the helicopter, Gale, Kirk, Rick, and Regina all survive, all escape. There is another ending where you choose Rick's idea, you knock out Gale, but instead of going directly to the hovercraft, you go and look around for Kirk. You find Kirk at the emergency helicopter getting ready to leave, You stop him, fight the T-Rex at the helicopter, then escape with everybody surviving as well. Those are your four endings. What did everybody else get? Matt? I only did Rick's ending. I didn't like Gale, had no desire to see his... His ending, and I, you know, I ended. I left on the hoverboat, and that was that was the end of the game. Okay. Jay. Uh, I went with the Gale thing because I feel like, you know, you dared to do a mission, might as well try to get it done. So I was like, all right, all right let's see, let's see how this plays out. So I did the nope, thing. I did not sign up for a dinosaur mission. <laughs> That's true. No one really did. But you know, if it if it turns out that way, and they gotta be a professional, get that, get the thing done, regardless. But, I mean, with that ending, I, it seemed to be that I learned more about what actually happened, right? Right. So if, if you went with Rick, you would have never learned yeah. the whole thing about, you know, the whole third energy and how the government wants to use it. Not that it's all that inspired or anything, but it is a true motivation of the mission itself. So that was, that was nice. Yeah. So, 
Jay, you've played Dino Crisis 2. Yes. What's the canon here? What? Um, yeah, shit, how much of a man. link is there? Are any of these people in Dino Crisis 2 besides Regina? I feel like Kirk is mentioned. Like, I think he survives. Okay. And uh, they take his, his like, research, and they... The government, you know, your government tries to make their own little take on the weapon. Right. And obviously, it's the case with anything. Uh, they, they try something they're not capable of doing, and that crap just backfires in their faces. And then Regina, along with some other guys, sent in to uh, contain the situation, more or less. But I think that's about it. I don't think I remember Gale being there. I'm not sure if the canon is whether he dies or not. But I think, I think he might be dead. Okay. But I'm not 100% sure. It's, it's been it's been so long. <laughs> well, that's Dino Crisis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's one thing I have to mention, and if nothing else, I'll take this away as a positive. This game reminds me so much of a book that I read almost like 20 years ago now. And what is hmm. the name of that? The name of the book is called Footprints of Thunder. And, uh, yeah, it's basically, tell me if this sounds familiar, uh, I'll just, uh, let me read this, like, two-sentence little clip here. When a freak natural phenomenon dissolves the boundaries between yesterday and today, the world is transformed into a patchwork mixture of the present and the distant past. Entire cities are replaced by primeval forests. Prehistoric monsters stalk modern city streets, hunting for human prey. Basically, it's this type of time displacement over you know as much as the book talks about it's like North America and the book starts off with all these weird things like frogs falling out of the sky and you know dead birds falling out of the sky corn falling like random shit falling out of the sky nobody knows what's going on and then as the book progresses and things get worse bigger and bigger pockets of 65 million years ago are being transplanted into modern day and in those pockets, dinosaurs come and they start struck, stalking down like uh, New York City streets and stuff. When was this book published? <sighs> Mid nineties, ninety, right around this time, I guess ninety seven. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. That sounds like identical to the actual premise. Yeah, and even it, not... it's more of a natural thing though, and not this like uh. conspiracy. I don't. I don't remember actually. There might have been some scientist who was playing around with something he shouldn't have been, and this is oh, what wow. happened. This is the end result. But a very similar premise, and I remember loving that book as a kid. I have no idea if it holds up or not. But I'm looking at the cover of the Footprints of Thunder, and if you put them side by side by the dinosaur yeah. crisis, yeah, it looks exactly the same. I've got it's like the raptor this. foot. Wow, that is like literally the same exact thing, but like flipped. Yeah, oh, so I had this weird sense of deja vu when this like. When I when when this game started and I started playing it, I'm like, oh, I wonder if this is like that book I read. Huh. Well, maybe it was inspired by this book. It the game did come out like uh, over two years later. Yeah. Oh, maybe it was. I <laughs> mean, I mean, the cover is a little too close to be a coincidence. I think. Anyway, that, that that I was reminded of this book very strongly from playing this game. 
Wow. Nice. I, I had no idea. Very nice. Yeah, I didn't know that existed. <laughs> it took me a while to remember what it was called, though. I would type some weird things into Google. So, um... What's your thoughts on this, Matt? I think, mechanically, this game is fairly sound. Yeah. You know, for its time. I mean, if you don't like tank controls, maybe you'll never like the game. But, you know, going into it knowing that that's what I was getting, I feel like the game was responsive. I, you know, everything... I didn't really have any glitches in the game, per se. Um, you know, everything mechanically, shooting, reloading, everything felt normal. I feel like the the game loses out a little bit. Not necessarily on the story. I mean, I guess there's not a whole lot of story, but the objectives of what you're doing every 10 minutes, every 20 minutes, all it is is, like, turning generators on getting power back, like, that should not be the whole game. That should be a part of the game. But here, that's literally, like, 90% of the game is turning generators on. Yeah. And I feel like it loses a lot in that respect because even though the end goal of the game is interesting enough as far as the game universe is concerned, like, all of the mini-objectives within the game are not designed to keep me interested in the game. Yeah. And then on top, when you you know when you add that in with all of the empty like gray corridors and laboratories, like the, there's no variety in scenery, and there's no variety in what I'm doing, so it it it, it gets kind of bogged down for me in the middle. Yeah. You know, at least you start outside, but. <laughs> yeah. That's true. But I don't know. I just. I feel like it, it's a lot more bland than it should be when you tell me you were mixing Resident Evil and Jurassic Park together. So I, I'm real excited to see the second one, but this, you know, and, and it's really hard for me to judge it, though, because, again, playing through it, you know, kind of following the fact and not doing the puzzles, really, on my own. Like, I, I finished this game, it took me about seven hours total. Yeah. Even though my in-game time was four hours and, like, 12 minutes. Um, but, you know, a big part of that, if, if I had played it without the fact and doing all the puzzles, this easily would have taken me ten or more hours. Oh, absolutely. Yep. You know, on one hand, maybe that's good, you know, I'm getting more value for my game, but a lot of those hours would have been pure frustration. Yeah. Either not being able to get the puzzles or wandering around even more lost than I was with the fact. So, you know, I, I kind of, I gave up some of the best parts of the game. I didn't really feel a lot of satisfaction because I didn't do the puzzles. But on the other hand, I bypassed a lot of the frustration, so it's really hard for me to like have a strong feeling in this game. I don't feel like I experienced it the way I should have. Yeah, I just um, it, it it's a, it, it would be a combination, and I don't know which one would be predominant: frustration or classic feeling. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just, um, for me, the last two hours of this game can burn in, <laughs> in a fire <laughs> because it was just, it was just pure running around, pure padding, just, just boring, just no dinosaurs. I mean, I, I, this thing is like, seriously. You killed all of them, Drew. Yeah, I had a lot of dinosaurs. <laughs> I guess I died a lot in the last two hours. I guess fucking mission accomplished then, because seriously, I 
I, I don't know. Yeah, that's another part of it. That yeah, because I mean that's even another level removed from what I would consider a normal playthrough. Because I mean, if, if you if you play it on easy and don't do the puzzles, then you're really bypassing all the combat and again all the puzzles. So there's not much left of the game other than wandering around. This is true. I mean, like you know, the, our the original Resident Evil that we got in U.S. was like the hard version of J- the Japanese. So I mean. And I did that straight up, you know, on my but, own back in 98. Like, that took you, I bet you, like, what, like, 8 to 10 hours, maybe more, right? Oh, first God. Resident Evil? oh God, more than that, dude. Yeah. 12, yeah. something like that. Sounds about right. But you got the full experience. It's just, it's so difficult. Like, how do we get a full experience for the first time playing through a yeah. game that's more than a decade old? You know, it's just it's just impossible. We are so familiar and used to all the all these new mechanics and kind of what what we expect from like these triple A games, right? Yeah. And how they how how a lot of these games kind of handhold us and stuff like that. You know, you play a game and you expect nine out of ten times if it's not like Dark Souls or something, it's gonna have a waypoint. You know? <laughs> yeah. It's gonna have a map. It's gonna be very very clear what you need to do, and there's gonna be these set. We we expect these things, but if they if we go back and reach into the past more or less, then we don't have these things, and it becomes jarring, and we don't know how to interpret that feeling. So it being so different and so archaic. You know, and then that can become a negative feeling. I think that's what kind of comes over us. But I think the best you can do basically is just kind of try to play it out and imagine how you might have liked it if you were the past you in that time. I suppose. Yeah, that's that's the biggest thing is, you know, like I've mentioned it before, but they they say that you have your most nostalgia feelings for things when you experience them from between ages of thirteen and fourteen. And that pretty much holds true to this day. I experienced Final Fantasy VII, Metal Gear Solid, mm-hmm. you know, Super Mario 64, all that stuff when I was, you know, 13, 14, Ocarina of Time. So it's th- those, even though those may not be the best games in the world, mm-hmm. in my eyes, they always will be. It's funny that you say that because I've always kind of penciled 1997 as my most nostalgic year. Yeah, 98. Like my favorite album came out, you know, all of my favorite movies and games and stuff, you know. 19, every time I look something up, 1997 keeps coming up. Yeah. And I was 14, so. Yep. 98, I was 13. 99, I was 14. And um, there's some good shit that came out those years. <laughs> I think we just have the like cognizant ability at that age that so we're just basically starting to develop something right yeah so we kind of remember things fondly because that's when we really started for the first time appreciating things for what they are yeah instead of just kind of like mindlessly jumping over goombas and stuff well that was that's what i've always said about final fantasy 7 mm. you know final fantasy 7 is one of it will always be my favorite one due to the fact that i played final fantasy 6 you know I mean, it was yeah. Final Fantasy III, whatever you want to call it. And you played them before seven? Yeah, I played them before seven, but seven was the first one where I understood what was mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. You know, I was playing a role-playing game. I was reading 
the text. I was reading the story, understanding it, getting invested in it. Mm-hmm. You know, because I was of the age where I could, I mean, f- fully understand it. You know, I mean, when, when I was, when I played Final Fantasy VI. My God, I was you know, a Super NES. I was probably ten, maybe younger than that, nine somewhere, somewhere around in there. So I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was just, you know, hitting buttons. <laughs> so it's, it, it, it's. I'm sure if I would have played this game in '99, I would feel very nostalgic for it. Yeah, like I said, I think I would love this game if I played it when it came out. It it did a lot of things the first time, uh, as far as the whole Resident Evil schema goes with the whole 3D background. I really like the way they use uh, the camera angles in a lot of parts. Yeah. Like the parts where the dinosaur is chasing after you. That would have been like mind-blowing <laughs> yeah. know, back then. Uh, and even the parts, like the ones I told about, like uh, when the Velociraptors are chasing after you, like going through rooms and jumping over fences, that was like, you, could, you couldn't do that in Resident Evil. Yeah. So things like that really must have impressed me back then because that's the things that I remembered going into this game. And they, you know, they're still very impressive uh, in, the, in the scale that, you know, like, wow, they did this way back then too, you know? Yeah. But looking at it now and going through it again, I can't imagine like, man, how old was I and how did I managed to actually beat this game from beginning to end, you know? Because <laughs> I had to look up a fact for, like, two of the puzzles, and I spent, like, 30, 40 minutes on them each before I kind of looked up. So how did I figure that out without, like, the internet and stuff? It's amazing to me. That That's one thing I will have to say about Dino Crisis, is that it's way more advanced oh, yeah. than, than Resident Evil. Yeah. You know, Resident Evil was mainly just... Oh, there's a puzzle here where you move two things, or you you, know, you have to combine two things. You didn't have logic puzzles in Resident Evil, like you do in fucking Dino Crisis. You know, it, this shit was like brain teasers for mm-hmm. real. So it, it, I mean, I think I would have had a, a difficult time, you know, trying to decipher some of this stuff. So, but how awesome would that have felt once you figured that out? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it, it it would have been great when I was 13. Now I have the wonderful thing called the internet. Uh, both a blessing and a curse. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, um, I'm kind of... I wouldn't necessarily say I'm indifferent to this game. I, I would say that I respect it. Um, was there a lot of frustrating parts? Yes. Did it surprise me in a few spots? Yes. Um, I'm glad we did it for Phoenix Down, because otherwise I would never have touched this game. And, um, yeah, it's good to see the other side of Resident Evil. Because, let's, let's be honest, everybody has played Resident Evil, not a lot of people played Dino Crisis. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's... To be fair, this is more Resident Evil than Resident Evil 6 is, or 5. That's true. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'd give props to Resident Evil Five, but six. I like five. I agree. You know, I agree. We played through it together. I love five, but yeah. it's not. You know, they're clearly away from Resident Evil the way it was. No, oh, yeah. I mean, that's that. That was the thing. Like, I, I had a newfound respect for Resident Evil Five whenever me and you played through it again, because mm-hmm. I played through it once on the 360 whenever it first came out, and then I bought the Gold Edition on the PS3, and I had it for like four years, and finally, <laughs> I was like, dude, let's just play through this, and we played through it, and I was like, damn, you know what? This was a pretty fine game, and I really enjoyed my time with it. Uh, Resident Evil Six is just a fucking clusterfuck. Thanks. 
Nice. I, I enjoy both 5 and 6 in their own dumb ways. We, we uh, Me and Matt still haven't finished 6 yet. Nope. Which campaigns did you guys play? We've done Chris's, and we're I'd say we're about halfway through uh, Jake's. Uh, you didn't do the whole, let's start with Leon's first? No, we wanted to, <laughs> we wanted to save, quote-unquote, the best for last. Yeah. Leon's yeah. campaign is pretty good. It's got some cool parts. Yeah. We figured that would be the more horror version. Yeah. Uh, of the three, I would say so, but, uh, man. I, I understand where you guys are coming from, especially after playing through Chris's campaign, which is, yeah. That's, <laughs> That's a fucking just... shooter. I don't know yeah. what. Because the I two like DLCs the for five, snakes, that was cool. There's what? the two DLCs for five, and one of them is clearly kind of the the survival horror one. And oh the other yeah, one yeah, that DLC was. Yeah, that DLC was awesome, man. It's kind of like, cool, what? but and it kind of sets up what you you know. Looking back on it, it's like oh, they clearly wanted to include everything, and then they they just did that for six. They're like, yeah. Well, just create different different campaigns with different kind of themes. It it is the longest Resident Evil game of them all. Oh, for I mean, sure. each each campaign is a fucking game in and of itself. It is. I mean, they're like six hours a piece. Yeah, I, I I appreciate what they tried to do, but I don't think they executed it uh, as well as they could have, especially on certain points. You guys haven't even seen some parts of Leon's campaign, but like there are some like highlights in Resident Evil Six that were that really uh. Kind of threw me for a loop. I didn't know they could, they were gonna do something like that. So I, I was impressed. But at the same time, for every like great impressive moment, there was that part where I was punching Parasite dude head with Chris's giant bulging muscles fist and shooting them with assault rifles and sniper rifles and shit. So uh, you know, high notes and low notes, I suppose. Yeah. Mm. How they have evolved over the years. Yeah, it's just like some kind of weird alternate version. <laughs> they could have gone this way instead. Do we know anything about the next Resident Evil game at all? I don't. I don't know. I I know that the originally Resident Evil Six was supposed to be a reboot of the series, but then they decided not to do that. Yeah. And I I don't know what's going to happen with Seven. That may be the reboot. I don't know. Have they even mentioned that they're working on Seven? I mean, well, I'm sure they are, but... Yeah. I don't think they've announced any specifics. Yeah, I thought they said they were working on it, and that's it. Well, Shinji Mikami is coming out with that Evil Within this mm-hmm. year. That looks I'm very great. Yeah, to. it yes, does look good. It does look good. It gives me a very strong, like, Resident Evil 4 vibe in, in the good way. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I hope I hope that actually holds up. But, I, I mean, I mean, Resident Evil... Just as much as Matt loves it, I I've been a big fan ever since the PlayStation days. That's one of the reasons why I bought a PlayStation just to play Resident Evil games. Me too. And I actually. basically yeah, I, I basically played every single Resident Evil game, even those terrible PlayStation Two shooter ones. Uh, actually, no, there was a one for PlayStation One too, the Survivor. Yeah, dead aim. Yeah, dead aim. Yeah, I I played like a bit of it. I couldn't play much more, but I actually beat the PlayStation Two one, which was actually not that bad. But regardless, I basically tried to play every Resident Evil game because mm-hmm. I've been a big fan of the series. I want I want them to kind of continue to evolve and bring forth new innovation, but without like Shinji Mikami like heading up the <laughs> yeah heading up the series, I don't know where they're gonna go. Who is he working with now? He has his own uh, developer group, I think. Do you know what it's called? Let me look up Evil Within real quick. Because um, 
you know, he, he helped work on Shadows of the Damned, which, me personally, I thought that was a fantastic game. Mm, I still want to play that sometime. Dude, seriously, you'd love that game. I mean, it's it's goofy and dumb because that's Pseudo-51 shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it's it's a very good playing game. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it was it was a perfectly fine game. Yeah, is I mean, it's dumb. I mean, you you play as a guy named fucking Garcia Hotspur, and he has a talking gun that is a skeleton head, and, and his gun is called the what? The True. boner. Yes. The boner. Yeah, and then he because it's made of bones. Well, not, yeah, but yeah. not just yeah. that. But he <laughs> there's a level in it where he it turns into a sniper rifle rocket launcher called the Big Boner, and he has to hold it in between his legs. <laughs> oh, wow. And every time he shoots a guy, he says, Taste my Big Boner. It's very mature, Matt. I'm, I'm not, not sure I'm going to love that. <laughs> I mean, it's dumb and stupid, but it's you can tell that Shinji Mikami made that game. Well, Shinji Mikami, mechanically, you can tell that he made was a part of it, but all the like terrible humor and stuff like that, and uh, the eccentric aspect of it is all Suda Fifty. Oh yeah, yeah, Suda. But it's actually a very fun game. It's it's, it's fun. It's I think it's underrated. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm not gonna you know go out on a limb and tell everyone like, well, this is a great, fantastic game. You got it. You gotta play. I'm not gonna say that, but it's just worth it's worth looking into. Certainly. <laughs> I did. I gave it a nine point six. <laughs> Wow, I fucking love that game. <laughs> is that like the highest score that game got in like all of Metacritic? I'm pretty sure mine is the highest score. <laughs> Let me check right quick because I, I actually want to know now. And uh, while we have this small downtime, um, it's t- called Tango Gameworks, Tango. and Shinji Mikami is the CEO and president, and he basically uh, oversees all all the game that uh, they're trying to release. So, you know, brand new company for a very incredibly talented man. So, I expect big things. Big things. Shadows of the Damned. Now, excuse me. Mine is the highest score. Okay. <laughs> it's on the front page of the Metacritic. And I give it a 9.3. Ah, uh, okay. Suda's crazy story actually works, and the jokes are downright funny at times. That's the quote they used. And... I'm not sure if they're downright funny with the big. I said at all. times. I said at times. <laughs> all right. So here's the funny parts. The funny parts whenever you're actually reading the book, and Garcia apparently can't read English very well or read very well for that matter. <laughs> and he's trying to read it, and he's making these dumb comments. It's hilarious. Some of that stuff funny. Mike Futter works for a Game Informer now. Mm-hmm. Used to write for the. Uh, Used to write for our website over at ZTGD. Um, he uh, told me that this is possibly the best review I've ever written. The uh, the, the Shadows sh- of the Dam one. The Shadows of the Dam one. Hmm. But yep, Dino Crisis. Well, that's that's Dino Crisis for you. Yeah. <laughs> It's That's a, um. Did any of you guys play the Dino Crisis three that came out on Xbox only? No, I never owned an Xbox. I think uh, as soon as I finish the second one, I'll jump into the third one. <laughs> I don't think that's a good idea, Matt, because <laughs> I've heard things and I've seen things about Dino Crisis three. I think wasn't Ken telling us about Dino Crisis three a little bit with the 
It's like zombie dinosaurs in space. Oh, oh man. God. Yeah, I th- I'm pretty sure he did mention space. And um, it's like one of the worst-rated games that Capcom ever put out. Oh, wow. Let's, let's see here. Dino Crisis 3. Yeah. Is I got a 51 on Metacritic right now. Yeah, that's pretty terrible. It has no positive reviews. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, actually, look up Dino Crisis 2 while you're there. I'm kind of curious what the reception of that was. Probably like a 65, 70-ish. I, 86. I 86, really? Dino Crisis 2? Yeah. That's higher yeah. than Dino Crisis 1, isn't it? Uh, GamePro gave it a 10 out of 10. Oh. Um, Dino Crisis... Uh, Dino Crisis 1. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, on the Dreamcast is a 74. The PC version is a 59. Uh, apparently, they don't have the original PlayStation version on Metacritic. Huh. I'm maybe. I don't know. I mean, not that not that the review scores are all that important, but it's it is interesting to see how critically acclaimed the game is when it comes out. Right. So that's interesting. I, yeah, I did. I do remember hearing that two was the best one. Really? Yeah. Because uh, I heard the first one was okay, but it was too much like Resident Evil. And the, my, you know what I had what I my impression of what I had heard was that. Two is where it finds its own identity and becomes more action-based and less Resident Evil with dinosaurs. That's that is an apt description. I'm not sure if it's better, but I'd have to play through Dino Crisis two again to see. Uh, I just remember that I, you just by the end of the game, or rather in the first like five minutes of the game, you've already killed like thirty dinosaurs. <laughs> so it's like a huge uh, departure from the original, and not basically like almost. Like, no puzzles in comparison to one, which was very puzzle-focused, so... I don't know, yeah, maybe I, that... Go ahead. I definitely did not kill 30 dinosaurs in this whole game. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. I probably killed about 8. Mm. 8 to 10, I would guess. But, you know, I, I I subscribe to the idea that more is not always better. Yeah. So I'm not sure if, you know, that game is better, but maybe it does some things differently. It's been so long. I do, uh... I don't think I own Dino Crisis 2 on my PSN account. Maybe I'll pick it up and see what the fuss is. And see if I remember things correctly. Now I'm curious. <laughs> but yeah, I, you know, that was that was Dino Crisis, I guess. You guys want to talk about what game you guys are on the cover next? Uh, yeah, sure. We, um, we're going to be uh, playing through <laughs> Dragon Age Origins. Oh man! Yep. A um, a game that is near and dear to my heart. Uh, a game that is very long, and can potentially be very difficult. Mm, wonderful. But I think it is well worth the trip. Uh, Matt, have you played this game at all? I played fourteen hours of it and got okay. stuck in some burning castle while I was a mouse. Uh, you were in the fade. Oh, oh, I remember that. And then when my PS3 died, apparently I had not played the game since the advent of cloud saves. So when I booted it up today, I went looking for my save in the cloud. It wasn't there, so I'm. I, I was going to restart it anyways, but now I'm forced to restart it. Uh, uh I gotta say though, the the PS3 slash 360 versions of uh. Dragon Age are kind of 
kind of buggy and they look awful in comparison to the PC version. Yes, the I will go ahead and say I'm about three hours into my playthrough of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that frame rate is god fucking awful. Yes, it is. My God. That I mean, game. within the first five minutes, you can see how bad it is. Yeah. You're, you're playing on PS3, Drew? Yes. Oh, you don't own it on PC? I think I did it one time. In fact, I believe it was a bootleg copy. Um, <laughs> and I, I made it about five hours in and then never played it again. I don't know why. Um, but then I saw the Ultimate Edition came out. And uh, a friend of mine kept telling me how great it was. So I picked up the Ultimate Edition on the PS3. Oh, boy. <laughs> so that is what I'm going to be playing it on. Oh, boy. Which I've played through that game twice on the PS3. So okay. I guess I can handle it again. But this just would have been a nice uh, nice change of pace to play on PC with the better resolution, better control scheme, and everything else in between. But if that's not an option... Well, you're already three hours invested in, so I guess that's out of the question. Yeah. But yeah, I would have recommended you try the PC version. It's too bad. But um, yeah, uh, we're going to have a, a newcomer on the show. Uh, it's the, the newest um, writer for ZTGD, uh, Sophie. I want to say it's Halliday. It may be Holiday. I may be pronouncing that wrong. I'm sorry, Sophie, if I am. I'm guessing it's just Halliday. Halliday. And um, she'll correct us next week. I'm, I'm sure she will. So yeah, uh, we're gonna do that. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm really excited about Dragon Age. It's a terrific game. I've said it before. I think this is one of the games of last generation. I um, I have I've completely fell in love with the lore. It, not just the the characters, but I mean the 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 background of mm-hmm. how the world. To have, yeah, the world itself is is great, and it's so complex, you know. And I can sit there and talk about it for hours. Um, and if there ever was like a television series or a movie series based on it, I would fucking love that. Mm. I'm sure there's books. There are sure two about. books, I believe. Okay. Um. I think there's two. There may be three. Uh, I have not read them. It's interesting now, because uh, I just started the game up, and I feel like there are some, you know, maybe not close similarities, but there's some vague similarities to this new Brandon Sanderson series that I've been reading. How, um, how so? Well, I'll get into the details next week, but okay. just just kind of the, the, the people who are coming back, like... Not reincarnation, but something along those lines. Um, I, I'll I'll discuss it more next week, but okay. But yeah, we finished down a crisis. We're moving on to Dragon Age Origins. Um, anybody out there who listens to us and likes to listen to us, um, do, do yourself a favor. If you haven't played Dragon Age, why not pick up? And uh, play it around, play it with us. Um, I think I had the I have more fun discussing what I did differently than other people did in this game. Oh yeah, because the choices are 
it, it's the closest thing you can get to Alpha Protocol. Yes, yes, I was just about to say that, Drew. Yeah. Right on. It's, it's the closest thing you can get to how much stuff can deviate. Yeah. Because um, there, there's so many choices, and your choices matter in Dragon Age. And you can royally fuck some stuff up if you if you if you choose differently. Um, I have watched a friend of mine because after I played the game, I said this game is a fucking masterpiece. And I told all my friends to play it, and one of my roommates had never played it before, so I forced him to play my copy of the game in my room so I could watch him play it. <laughs> and my God, he fucked up everything you possibly could imagine. <laughs> He missed two characters. You can miss party members. Mm-hmm. He missed two party members, killed two others. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> he, he pissed them off so bad. At the end of the game, there's this big final battle, and you have to have all your party members and have them, you know, a big, huge fight. He had four people. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, and I was like, man, you're screwed. <laughs> So, uh, but yeah, that's there's huge things that you can you can change in this game. You know, if you it depends on how you want to play it. You know, there pe- there's people who will leave your party. There's people who will, who will say fuck you and start fighting you, and you have to kill them. And it's it's nuts. And there's there's people that you just straight up miss, and you'll never see them again. So, uh, this is this is one of my favorite games. I mean, if if would I say top ten? Probably not. It would definitely be in my top twenty games I've ever played. Um, I think it, it, because of the character interactions, because of the world itself, and because of that fucking amazing soundtrack it has. I'm guessing I'm gonna like it, but not as much as Mass Effect. Well, that's the thing. I've always had discussions with people about this. And I've come to the conclusion that you have Mass Effect people, and you, and you have and you have and you have Dragon Age, people. and they don't eat dinner at the same table. This is not true. The, I mean, oh it's a lot like that discussion in uh, in Pulp Fiction, where you can be an Elvis person or you can be a Beatles person. Now you can like them both, but you will always like one more than the other. And I like Dragon Age more than I do Mass Effect. I like I, I like Dragon Age 2, which apparently everybody fucking hated. And uh, it, the thing is about Dragon Age 2, it wasn't a bad game. It was actually a good game. Yeah. But it had to follow fucking Dragon Age, man. Do you know how? Yeah. And they had to. You know, they released it one year after, and you could see how rushed Dragon Age 2 was, and that's what you know. That's what got people riled up, including myself. I didn't say it was a bad game that no one should play, but I could see. The hand pushing this game out before it's ready, and that's why oh, missed I'm, potential. Yeah, that's why I'm excited about uh, Inquisition. Inquisition because they're taking their time. They yeah. have learned from their mistake. And I, I, I'll put it this way: um, Dragon Age Origins has a fantastic story told very, very well, uh, and it sets up a lot of great stuff. The combat was good, but it was clunky at times. Yes, Dragon Age Two. The story was meh, uh, mainly due to the fact that you stayed in the exact same fucking area the entire game. Ten-year span. There's a ten-year span in Dragon Age 2, and you don't leave the fucking city. You leave it for, like, two hours, and then come come right back. Yeah, for, like, two missions, and that's it. 
Um, so that the story is a little lackluster, but the combat was so much improved. Mm-hmm. I love the combat in Dragon Age 2. It was fantastic. And what, from what Bioware is saying, Dragon Age Inquisition is going to be the story and characters of Dragon Age 1, the quality of them, and the combat of Dragon Age 2. And to me, that is a fucking nerdgasm of perfectness. <laughs> so, I mean, I cannot wait for Dragon Age Inquisition. That is my most anticipated game of the year right now. Did they did they have a release date for that yet? It is this year. They're claiming it is this year, this fall. Okay. All right. For both last-gen consoles and current-gen consoles. Oh, man. We're going to have Inquisition and we're going to have Witcher 3? That's next year. Is that next year? Yeah. I thought this were. was also fall. No. Oh, they, it's 2014. They, yeah, they delayed it. Okay, good. Good, good. Yeah. Inquisition <laughs> this year. Yeah. One, one crazy Western RPG at a time, please. Right. Yes. We're good. Okay. Oh, God, I cannot wait for that. Hey, let me tell you something. Don't shy away from Shadows of Mordor. That game looks really good. <laughs> Shadows of Mordor? Uh-huh. Oh, it's Shadows of Mordor. That's the Lord of the Rings game that's coming out on next gen? Oh. Have you not seen that? I, I heard of it. I thought that was made by, like... Wasn't that, like, the Telltale no. game? No. No? No, 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 no. This is basically Assassin's Creed and Lord of the Rings, but with RPG elements. Dude, seriously, look that game up. This is coming out, I guess? This is coming out this year. In, huh. in fact, I want to say it's August. Hmm. This game looks awesome. Have, have you, neither of you guys heard of this? No, I know all about it. I just didn't know when it was coming out. Yeah, yeah, this is happening soon. Uh, I'm not. I'm not that much into Lord of the Rings. So hey, I never really looked into it. You, you may not have to be, because this uh-huh. this looks really really fun. It looks okay. great. I like the last one, so I haven't been I haven't been burned lately on a Lord of the Rings game. Yeah, the last one was pretty good. War in the North yeah, wasn't yeah, awesome, but it was. It was a snowblind was game, so I mean, snowblind makes some pretty good action RPGs. So, um, but yeah, Dragon Age, man. I am excited. The, the I mean, this first episode is pretty much just going to be us talking about our origins, because I have I, like I, I want to hear I want to hear your Matt I want to hear your origin story because I have never played a mage in Dragon Age Origins, and I want to see oh I want to see how that is. In fact, I'm going to say this, and I don't want to put you off, Matt. I think you're going to have a pretty rough time playing <laughs> mage in Dragon oh, Age. Oh God. I mean, I just... I don't know. Uh, Matt, just play the game on easy mode, right? Do yourself a favor. I'm not playing any game on easy mode. <laughs> no, no, no. Matt, I'm not, I'm not even... It's, there's no badge of honor at the end of this. Room, no. Okay? no, no, no. It's just, this game is brutal, and especially if you're starting out as a mage, you will get annihilated in normal Can I mode. grind? You not can't. Not really. really. So, like you can get better equipment and get a couple levels to earn more skills, but it's a very minute amount of improvement. No, it's it's not everyone that actually cared about the story, and this game is more about the story than it is about the gameplay. Like you know, everyone would agree to that, right? Oh, Drew, yeah. you agree. This game is all about the story. Not Absolutely, so that's why you spend most of your time talking to people. That's right. So if you want to see how the the game continues, then you want to play it on easy mode, which is kind of to uh, there to help you and. 
the game is actually not that easy on easy mode either. No. It's still kind of challenging in certain parts. Yes. So you'll still get your challenge. Yeah, it just won't be like, yeah, bang your head against the wall hard. It's the same way with Dragon Age 2. Dragon Age 2 is no walk in the park either. That game will kill you pretty quickly. So, I mean, I had to put it on easy. I didn't put Dragon Age Origins on easy, but then again, I was playing a rogue, so mm. the rogues are pretty easy to play as. The mage is a very complicated class. Um, I think Dragon Age 2 would be easier to play a mage. Yeah. Probably. According to the canon, the official Bioware canon, there is a Bioware canon for this shit. Uh, the Dragon Age Origins was supposed to be a... Uh, oh, God. It was a, a wood elf. It was supposed to be a wood elf origin uh, rogue. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, canon for Dragon Age 2 was supposed to be a, a mage uh, Garrett Hawk. Huh. Interesting. At least that's what they came out and said. Man, I don't have my saves for Dragon Age One and Two anymore. Now I don't know what I'm going to carry over to Inquisition. This is going to suck. Are you going to? Are you? You do you play them both on PC? Uh, I did, but I had to do like four formats in the last couple of years. Right. And I didn't get to back up all my saves, so. See, so what's I'll... what's going to end up happening is I'm going to get the PS4 version, and I yeah. want to know. I want them to be let, allow me to specifically put in detail what I chose in Dragon Age Origins and Dragon Age Two as the backstory because I since I can't import my save, that's really gonna piss me off. They might have some neat like cloud thing where they pull from the cloud and transfer over your decisions. It's not it's not you know they can read your save file like a text file if they want to, right? Yeah. So it's not difficult to find out what choices you made, but whether or not they'll take that extra, you know, uh, I guess, care for the players that actually want to see their game continue, yeah. it's going to be difficult. It's going to be different because if you think about Mass Effect, it's all one platform, right? But you're thinking. Well, I mean, it, it wasn't on the PS3, though. Because they came um, out with that weird little video. Yeah, the comic choose book Choose your own thing. adventure, comic book thing. Yeah. Right, right, but I'm talking like PC and 360, you know, all three yeah. games came out on both. But it's not going to be that way for Inquisition, I think. So yeah. We'll see how that goes. I'm, I'm curious how they're going to handle that because that's, I, Mass Effect is whatever. Okay, yeah, I'd love to carry my shit over. Dragon Age, I, I want to carry my shit over, like for real. Because I spent so much time creating that world for myself. Like that. That's that's one game I take fucking serious. <laughs> it, it, I mean, Metal Gear's up there, but Dragon Age beats out Metal Gear. As far as okay, I want to know. What's Does it make sense? Story. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, my my story makes sense. <laughs> well, then that's a leg up already. I try to make sense of of Metal Gear, but then Metal Gear Solid Two came out, and I can't tell you what happened in that game. It's just the Matrix. Don't worry about it. Yeah. I actually have Ground Zeroes like sealed, waiting for me to play it. I haven't touched it yet. I want to. Oh. Eh. But yeah. Anyway, I think we've wasted enough time talking about Dragon Age. We're gonna be talking about <laughs> Dragon Age all for the next month. <laughs> yep. Because there's gonna be at least five episodes. It's gotta be. At least, man. At least. Yeah. Could, yeah. So I started this game. I was like, "Fuck! I haven't even become a Grave Warden yet, and I'm three hours in." 
if you do all the side events and talk to all your characters and stuff like that and follow through with their missions, it's going to be like a 60-hour-plus game. I have all the DLC installed, too. Mm, that's probably like 15 more hours on top of that. <laughs> Dude, Awakening itself is oh, 15 I didn't hours. Even consider Awakening is like more than 20, man. Yeah. yeah. So. Good luck, guys. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to do fine. I, I I am very I'm excited. excited. Yeah, I'm very excited, and and I think Matt, you're going to enjoy it a lot more, especially now that you're trying to get into more fantasy stuff. And do look at some of this stuff. Do talk to everybody that you possibly can, because there is so much lore in that game, and it is so good. So yeah, Dragon Age. We'll be back next week with Dragon Age. Uh, but I'm going to go through the whole spiel real quick. You can follow us all on Twitter. I'm at DML Fury. Matt is at REMGS. Jay is at Batuside J. Uh, you can follow the podcast itself on Twitter as well. It's at ZTGD Phoenix Down. Uh, leave us an iTunes review. We'd greatly appreciate it if you would. I will read it on the show, whether it be good or bad. Uh, let us know how we're doing. You can send us an email. You send me an email, drew at ztgd.com. You can tell us about Dino Crisis, what you thought of it, uh, what you thought of us playing through it, uh, and Dragon Age. Uh, tell, tell us about Dragon Age. I know there's a lot of people out there that really love Dragon Age Origins. And please, I do encourage everybody out there, especially with Dragon Age, if you've never played it before or if you're wanting to play it again, pick it back up. Play it with us. It's always fun to hear what other people did differently than what you did. So, um, But I highly suggest that to anybody out there. But we will be back next week. I appreciate everybody listening. But until then, I am Drew. And I'm Matt. I'm Jay. And we are out of here. Hope you guys have a great week. See you next time with Dragon Age Origins.